Hello, my dearest peace lovers and peacemakers. Welcome to Peace Mindedly podcast. Another episode, we are talking about peace, kindness, compassion with our peaceful bridge makers. Today, we are talking with two executives about Halal Expo. Halal Expo is a new phenomenon. They are going to explain us uh, what that is and what's the implication and significance of Halal Expo. But very quickly, something something important is happening in the global market, and that is Muslim purchase power. So a Muslim has been gaining more momentum. I mean, it has been many, many years, has been at least about 22, 25 years when the middle class in the Middle East and in many parts of the world has expanded significantly. So they are gaining momentum to have a say on the global market. And so therefore they do have this agency to, to insert some of the areas that they do believe must be included within the global market. So for that, we have two people who are going to explain us exactly what's happening. For disclaimer, I, I need to mention that Gold to News is a partnering with the Halal Expo and Summit USA 2021. And I may have a chance to speak in their summit. But we do have Marwan Ahmad. Marwan is the president of American Halal Council and organizer of Halal Expo Summit, CEO of U.S. Halal Consultant. And very good to have you, Marwan. Thank you so much, Sarah, uh, for the invitation and having us on your uh, useful podcast. Uh, I think it's uh, what you're doing is important for the community and the environment and uh, even the industry. Absolutely. And we're going to cover all of that. And with that, we do have beautiful Elizabeth Myers. She is a co-founder and executive vice president of U.S. Halal Consultant. She also organizes and hosts Halal Expo and Summit USA. And it's been it's been for a few years. I, I believe it's been about four years, isn't it? Yes, this is the fourth year. Excellent. Yes. So very exciting. First of all, thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very good to have you here, Elizabeth. So I'm going to start with you. Can you tell me what is halal? Start with me? Okay. Yes, so yes. halal is uh, it's fundamentally a religious concept uh, in Islam. And it actually, a lot of Americans tend to think it just applies only to food and about how you slaughter animals. But in fact, it's much broader than that. It's about really a way of life for Muslims that incorporates and embodies a system of ethics and principles that are, are uh, supposed to make your life and other people's lives better, fairer, um, re reacting appropriately to things, paying your employees fairly, um, not harming the environment, not being uh, being being humane in your treatment of animals, whether you're raising them or slaughtering them to eat them. So it encompasses a, a large body of ethics that really um, govern every aspect of a, of a Muslim's life, essentially. Muslim's life. Excellent. So when I heard halal, I got too excited because somehow, in, in a way, I, I incorporate halal and minimalist, like minimal living within, within the same basket. So growing up back in Tehran, it was, and of course, it was war and revolution and all of those, this idea of, you know, don't waste or be mindful has 
has been has been just incorporated in my life. So do do Marwan, would you would you see that there are correlations between halal and being minimalist, like don't waste and don't go extravagant? It definitely uh, correlates uh, between the two concepts, and uh, uh, even though, uh, like you mentioned and, and Elizabeth mentioned, it's about being ethical and, and good to your community and your environment, uh, and it incorporates the simple way of life. Uh, but the market itself, it's it's very big and growing rapidly, especially in the U.S. Uh, so yes, that the two. Uh, concepts do go hand in hand, but there's so much to it as well. Tell me more, how the the market is growing so fast in the U.S., how do you know, Marvan? Well, from organizing the Halal Expo Summit the last four years, or now our fourth year right now, we do see the growth in both the demand by consumers, as well as the uh, supplies and the companies are producing and offering Halal products and services, because halal could be a service, by the way, not just a product. Uh, in, all, in many different sectors, people think of halal uh, in terms of food, usually, but it's uh, more than that. It is uh, cosmetics, tourism, finance. Uh, it's, it's everything around us it has to be good and halal and ethical. So, ethical, good and halal. And isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting to see, honestly, that, you know, Muslims do have a say on the table and then they can actually, in fact, impose some of the um, areas of their interests. I mean, I think it's very exciting. I mean, what do you, what do you, how, how, how would you see it? Well, let, let me jump in here because um, I do think it's exciting and I want to bring in another concept of Tayyab. I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, it brings in a notion of wholesomeness, of healthiness, of all, all of the good things in life that you that that you would want for your your own self, your body, your family, your children, um, fairness as well, uh, and and justice. Those are the notions that are incorporated um, under under Tlaib. And so that's an important consideration as well that people should know about. And frankly, you know, this is my third year working with Marwan on the Hello Expo and Summit. And I've learned a heck of a lot over the last three years uh, about the um, what, how a Muslim is supposed to live in a halal way, in a healthy way, in a wholesome way. And that's why, you know, certain things are considered to be forbidden or haram because they're not good for you. You know, like, like alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm. Alcohol, some people simply cannot tolerate it and it makes them violent. It makes them a little crazy. And so that's one of the, the areas that Islam, the religion of Islam, decided that it, it should not be, uh, it should, it's not halal, it's not healthy. And isn't so there, this, there are other things as well. Yes, but isn't this like a trend? Uh, so to speak, you know, the whole idea of wellness and paying attention to yeah. health and paying attention to this and, 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 you know, being wholesome. So isn't this a trend? And uh, 
or or is it really something that Muslims has been practicing and now have had the space to recreate in a global market? So is it a trend or how come this halal phenomenon has gained momentum within, within the global market? Well, it, it might be a trend in the West, but it has been a trend for 1400 years uh, within Islamic theology and practice. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, it's an opportunity now to share this with our fellow Americans to show them that Islam is all about goodness to, to self, uh, community, and to environment. And I mean, as simple, as simple as our greeting, you know, it says, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. And this is how we start any conversation. Uh, then goes from there. Uh, everything we do in life has to incorporate halal and tayyib, which is goodness, mm-hmm. like Elizabeth mentioned. Yes. So what's happening in Halal Expo and Summit 2021? We, we have a lot going on. As Marwan mentioned, there are many other aspects of the halal market and industry that we focus on. So uh, we have... Um, a number of different panels of uh, experts who are going to discuss things like Islamic finance, um, halal tourism, and what that means. And basically, that means family-friendly tourism. You know, where can you go that you're not going to be subject your children to a lot of drunk people? Or, um, you know, where women can feel comfortable going into the swimming pool without harassment, you know, things like that. So, um, there's, there's that, there's, um, what else have we got? We got so many areas. We have a panel that's called Beyond Design. Uh, and that is about the modest fashion industry. So that's beauty and modest fashion. And we will have some experts uh, in that area to talk about uh, whether and how designers in modest fashion can actually penetrate the mainstream market. Um, so there are a lot of aspects of, of halal. I'm sure I'm missing something because my notes are on the computer. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I'm going to leave at... the rest to Marwan <laughs> to tell us what's yeah. happening. What, what else is happening in Halal Expo? Uh, a lot of things happening, actually. Uh, the event is, is becoming so dynamic from the first year we started in, to incorporate so many different angles, like Elizabeth mentioned. You know, tourism, finance, uh, fashion, modest fashion, of course, food and beverage. Um, the the, the expo itself, yes, and and technology. We introduce the term halal technology actually to the to the event. What first, is halal technology? Halal technology. <laughs> that's anything is is family friendly, uh-huh. and and wholesome and clean, and does you don't have to worry about using that technology that's going to harm you, your family, or your you know, community. Uh, so there are so many uh, elements that's going to happen in the Expo and Summit. One of them is uh, uh, cooking demos by different companies to sample different uh, halal food. The Expo itself for different companies participate, uh, not just from the U.S. We have a number of international companies who will be with us in this event virtually and hybridly. And when we say hybridly, we also invented the term hybrid Expo. So uh, there is a challenge that some companies face coming from uh, Asia, especially Africa and other countries. It's not easy to get a visa to the U.S. because mm-hmm. either of COVID or restriction on visas. So they can attend our event through hybrid uh, exhibition 
where they send us samples of their products to share with the you know attendees and they will be able to talk to them on a virtual screen mm-hmm. uh, excellent so marvan i'm gonna play devil's advocate you say halal technology and you say that the halal technology okay so um not harmful against family and not harmful against i mean individuals but here's the thing who is going to decide whether or not what is harmful and what is not harmful so uh, so what is your answer about if i say okay so by by saying that not to be harmful or sort of regulating you are uh, you are coming from an authoritative point of view and and trying to control and regulate what's happening in halal technology Uh, one thing we decided uh, when we started the uh, American Halal Council, which is another uh, organization that's nonprofit focusing on education and advocacy, is we we're not going to dictate to people what is halal and what is not halal, what is halal, what is haram. Uh, each person can what decide. What is haram? What can tell me what is haram, haram for those? Is the op- opposite of halal, anything that's forbidden. Uh-huh. In Islam. Uh, mm-hmm. So people can decide for themselves. We're not going to dictate that. Each person can be their own, you know, mind have their own minds to make decisions. And there, in Islam itself, there are different uh, way of, of methodologies that, or we call them madhab. Uh, so each one can, based, based on their madhab or, or method of practice, can decide if this is halal or haram for them. We don't dictate to anyone. Mm-hmm. But you you give halal certificate to basically um, I mean uh, br- bring them into a standard of halal. So therefore, you are deciding, aren't you? We don't actually give halal certificates. We only educate. We uh-huh. allow people to network, and there are uh, specialized bodies we call them halal certification bodies who do offer uh-huh. these certifications. Uh, uh-huh. The recognized halal uh, certification body have to be accredited by an international body. Uh, it's called CIMIC, which is based uh-huh. in Turkey. And another body is based in uh, Malaysia. Those are the main two uh, halal standards. Uh, and they are run usually by governments. But uh-huh. for us, we were not involved in this process. Uh, you are not involved in this process, but uh, I was uh, asking in general, just gearing, um, gearing this subject. Right now, we are in such an international platform at the moment. So I'm from Iran in the U.S., uh, Palestinian in uh, D.C. area, American in um, uh, Morocco and so forth. So I'm wondering, what are the advantages and disadvantages of uh, having Halal Expo in the U.S. or let's say in Dubai? What are the uh, advantages and disadvantages, uh, Elizabeth? Well, the Halal Expo in the U.S. focuses primarily on the U.S. market. Uh, And there are obviously there are both Muslim and non-Muslim businesses that are producing halal products, you know, such as meat, for example. Uh, And in fact, the U.S. is one of the largest exporters of halal meat to other parts of the world. So um, because there is no other comparable professional halal expo and summit in the United States, we're performing a very valuable function of bringing businesses together in a forum, forum and a platform by which they can transact business. So, and in conjunction with that, we also have U.S. Halal Consultants Group, 
which is a, a membership of a consortium membership of experts in the various aspects of the halal industry, which can include certification, accreditation, which Marwan was just talking about, can include standards for, for what halal is, has experts in tourism, experts in finance. Um, and so what we, what we are able to do is help people and businesses who want to be in the U.S. industry, the U.S. halal markets, and whatever, whatever they want to produce, whether it's, you know, chicken or, or, or providing halal meals to schools, for example, and, and halal ingredients to schools. We, we serve as a bridge and, a, and kind of an aggregator where we can bring the parties together to do the business transactions they want to do. Business and transaction and the things uh, uh, need to do that. That's amazing. But Marban, wouldn't you think that if we were in, let's say, in um, I don't know Saudi Arabia, we didn't have to just explain so much about what is halal, what is not halal. People already knew, and we didn't have to, <laughs> to put too much effort. So wouldn't you think that it was a bit easier? So, and what is, what is the advantages of being in the U.S. and being in the U.S.? I have to correct myself that I, I explained we are, we are all Americans, but in different areas. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the thing. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to be in a Muslim country to do halal? And since we are not in a Muslim country and doing this business and it's a U.S., what is the advantages and disadvantages in your opinion? Uh, it's uh, funny you mentioned this because... You would think that uh, people in the Muslim world know exactly what is halal and what is not halal or haram. Uh, Because I had a conversation with somebody uh, from Jordan uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they're asking me, so why do you have to do this event? You know, why do you have to educate people? And we told them because we are in the U.S. People may not know the term or have heard of it, but don't know exactly what it means. And when I went into more details into what we're doing, they realized that they themselves did not understand what is halal uh, in the market. And they, they only think of it in the aspect of food and meat. They never thought of it in terms of cosmetics, for example, or finance, or uh, tourism. These, this, these terminologies and concepts are even new to some Muslims, because sometimes you think you know something from, from the surface, but you don't dig deep enough to understand it. And this is our advantage in the US where we have the experts and knowledge and ability to to have this conversation and not educate ourselves and our fellow Americans, but also educate our fellow Muslims around the world who may take the word or term halal uh, for granted. Yeah, it's for take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But here is again devil advocate, <clears throat> advocate this time, Elizabeth. So wouldn't this be just you know, for the sake of making it easier for lazy Westerners and base lazy Americans to just you know label them? Okay, label them. You know what? This is a Muslim way of living, and this is halal, and this is what we mean to do this in, in order to classify it, organize it, and make it easier to understand. Well, that's exactly what we're doing with the summit part of it, with, with the speakers that we have in many, um, many of the different areas. You know, 
this was sort of going to be the my my closing remarks, but I'm going to say it now. One of the reasons that I got involved with Marwan, we had worked together on a different project before, but one of the very important reasons that I agreed to uh, help him on the summit and the education part of things was he brought me in at a time where there was a huge amount of Islamophobia in this country that had been stoked by certain members of our federal government, certain leaders in our federal government. We have not emerged from that Islamophobia. We've just seen with the anniversary of 9-11 that Islamophobia is still around. And one of the best antidotes to a phobia like that, which emanates from ignorance, is more information. And so that's what we're doing. We're providing more information to people who want to learn about what it is, what is the Muslim way of life, what concepts and uh, principles do they live by, uh, and they're really not so different from the Christian principles that that people uh, you know are much more familiar with in the country, or even the Jewish principles. So you, you know, you you we're concerned about the community concerned about treating people and the planet, uh, you know, in a fair way, in an ethical way, and not doing harm. And so those, those principles, how, how do they play out? They play out in business in ways that, that we've already discussed, for example, in tourism, in food, um, in how you slaughter an animal in the first place, which is, you know, and there are also, as Marwan says, there are different schools of thought in the particular methods that that some Muslims follow. So another very important uh, advantage of us doing this here in the United States is to try and advocate for some kind of standards that can be applied, not by a government imposing, you know, like, for example, the Iranian revolution. And now, as you put it, the government imposes all those standards, but by a consensus and then the parties who are involved in that in that way of life coming together and creating some standards by which businesses can comply with what is supposed to be halal. Because the last thing we want is for someone or a business to represent that something is halal and it really isn't halal. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the catch again. I've been we've been covering halal expos forever, so it's ha- it has been happening in Japan, in Indonesia, mm-hmm. in uh, GCC countries, in many many other places, in uh, Germany, in UK, in many many places. And yet again, we just had, and this year is the fourth year. So Marvan, don't you think that we are a bit behind? <laughs> yes, we are. Thank you for asking that. Uh, you, even though the U.S. is the, one of the largest exporters of halal meat in the world, we have not organized ourselves until the Halal Expo Summit started. Uh, but it's better late than never. And back to your question, you know, why does should the average American care about halal? Well, halal is not for Muslims. Halal is a good way of life, a clean way of life, a family-oriented way of life. And we were here to share it. Uh, we're not here to impose it because we, we care and love our fellow Americans. We want them to be aware that uh, these, uh, this concept exists and it's good for them. And what's interesting is uh, the, the non-Muslims we, we talk to about halal, they have a very positive reaction when they hear the word halal. 
they are familiar that it's a good thing for them. They may not know the details, and that's our job is to deliver the details, but they have already uh, this positive reaction when they hear the term halal. Yeah. So wouldn't you believe that we are talking about halal expo and halal lifestyle and halal market and halal industry is because Muslim has gained purchase power in the global market. They have become spenders. So therefore, they can impose their own criterias uh, within the larger global market, uh, Marwan. Absolutely, uh, especially here in the U.S., the average uh, Muslim family's income is higher than the median income in the U.S. Therefore, they spend a lot more money, well, more money, I can't say a lot more, more money on, on uh, goods and, and products and services, uh, especially in certain areas like international travel, uh, modest fashion, which is becoming uh, more, you know, uh, uh, Mainstream when you during Eid, especially you go to Macy's sometimes and you see, you know, modest fashion and happy Eid sign at the, at the door. Uh, this this is the influence of purchasing power. Mm -hmm. uh, companies I, I start would... listening to us. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's where I was going to go. That's where I was going to go exactly. I would not say it's imposing any kind of standards. What it is, it's consumer demand, and it's not just Muslim consumer demand. You know, you mentioned earlier on about a trend in, in health and wellness and all of that. Well, many of the large chains like Whole Foods, for example, are recognizing that halal is a part of the wellness trajectory. I wouldn't call it a trend because I don't think it's just going to go away. It's not, it's not something that's temporary. I think it's here to stay. I think people are very concerned about what they put into their bodies. Um, and, you know, one, one of the... So, so there, there are major chains that are now, of course, they're doing bio or sorry, we call it bio here in Morocco, but organic food, vegan food, um, you know, all of all of these things. And halal is just one of those uh, evolutions down the road of meeting consumer demand. And, and again, it's not just Muslims. The Muslim population is expected to double by 2030, um, according to uh, the most recent research uh, that's available on that. But it's not just Muslims who want it. And I have to say, if you want to find out the difference between halal meat and non-halal meat, come to our panel where we'll have some chefs talk about the flavor and the quality and what the difference is. Because when once you once you taste the difference, I don't think you're gonna go back. Hopefully and, and not. Add, yeah, go ahead. That, the, the, the halal meat tastes better because it's a humane way of, of uh, slaughtering the animal. It's a stress-free uh, way. Uh, we make sure the animal is not abused before and during the process. There is a major move, uh, push toward uh, avoiding the machine slaughter or the uh, stunning before, or even the animal should not see another animal, animal being slaughtered. All of these things affect the, the animals, uh, the meat that you, it brings to your table at the end. 
Absolutely. I'm sure my daughter is going to love to hear this part of the conversation. Please stay put. You are watching to Peace Mindedly podcast, a show we feature peaceful bridge makers. We celebrate Muslimhood, we celebrate Muslim women, and we celebrate peace, prosperity, and lifestyle of Muslims within our podcast and, and the show that we are presenting. We have had many experts. Uh, Aisha Chaudhry talked about uh, the color of God and how uh, Muslim feminism is taking stage on explaining what is male hierarchy and what is the re Islam's response to that. Celine Ibrahim talks about how and in what way Quran really discusses women within the text. And we have had many other guests. Sonara Ja is talking about how to raise a feminist son. And today we are talking with executives of Halal Expo and Summit 2020. And we are talking about what is Halal Expo? What is Halal Lifestyle? And why we need these, these kind of concepts to be explained and to be argued within the U.S. society. Marban Ahmad is the president of American Halal Council, organizer of Halal Expo Summit, and CEO of U.S. Halal Consultant. And Elizabeth Myers is a co-founder and executive vice president of U.S. Halal Consultant, and also one of the organizers and hosts for Expo and Summit USA. Okay, so I want to know that why do we need Expo to showcase Muslim business owners? Can't they reach out and create uh, the market for themselves? Do they need extra help? So what is it, Marwan? Well, a uh, quick correction. Actually, I would say 30 to 40 percent of our business exhibitors are non-Muslim owned. Uh, many, the largest halal producers in the U.S. are owned by non-Muslims. Uh, back to your point of uh, Muslim purchasing power, they do realize that purchase power and they want to tap into the market. Uh, the Expo is a place where uh, businesses, uh, experts, academics, uh, and, and the business owners can come together to network, uh, learn, and uh, also do business transaction during and after the event during and after the event. I would like to ask the same question from you, Elizabeth. Why would you think that we need an expo to showcase businesses who run by Muslims? Well, uh, because we're showcasing it not just to Muslims, but to non-Muslims. And I have to say one of the best things or, or one of the most tasty things that I found in our expo two years ago was all the free samples that we got. So that we had a lot of Malaysian companies and they were producing things like, um, oh, I guess milk tea, which I, since I grew up in England, I'm a tea drinker mostly. And, um, you know, this kind of resonated. It was, it was just a packet of tea uh, that you pour into your, your cup with hot water. It's already got the milk mixed in and, you know, unusual things that Americans don't usually have uh, and snacks that are, um, have a particularly, Asian flavor, um, you know, it's the free samples were wonderful. And really, you're going to love the cooking shows. We're, we're going to have some cooking demonstrations that you can actually taste the food. And so, you know, this is the hands-on experience. It, there's nothing like it. We, we had a virtual experience last year, which was pretty good. But when our chef 
put the dish up in front of the camera like this, you couldn't really smell it or taste it, right? So you need to be there. And also business is transacted face to face. You get to know people, you get to trust people. So all of these factors are why we need an expo and why we need to have it mostly in person. And of course, we will be observing the, the appropriate sanitary protocols to protect people's health while they're there. Yes, where can we find information? How, how can we learn more about the Expo, Marwan? Well, uh, our website, halalexpousa.com, has all the information for visitors and businesses to uh, learn about the event, the place, uh, the timing of it, and how they can reach us if they need more details. Okay, very good. So tell me about some of the businesses uh, who are showcasing their their product. Uh, can you give me a few names? So uh, this year we're happy that uh, one of our main sponsors is the Halal Guys, the largest halal franchise in the US. Uh, oh, I got to tell you, Marwan, I'm go I got to tell you this one. I mean, this is exciting. I was in Chicago. I was doing a, a lecture in Chicago, and then I was just so hungry walking down the the huge bean in at the center of the Chicago, and I saw a long, long line. It was just more than 200 people. And then I said, what is this? Why you, you are um, I mean, standing here and say, this is halal guy. And I said, halal guy? It was the first time. It was seven, eight years ago. Halal guy? They said, yes, halal guy. They, they give lots of food and it's very delicious. You don't believe me. It was 200 people on the line. I'm sorry. I just have to tell you this story. Yeah. No, I absolutely. And uh, we're thrilled that they, they believe in what we're doing and they're supporting the event. And they're going to be there. Uh, come down. You might get some free samples. Uh, we have other sponsors. We have the the new uh, established Islamic bank, FAIR, uh, FinTech, who is an online Islamic bank that offers Islamic uh, certified uh, loans, home loans, business loans, and uh, banking for individuals and families. We also have uh, the, the uh, Deen uh, Halal, who is also a non-Muslim owned meat company that produce halal uh, meat and others uh, the list can go on and on uh, there we will be announcing the complete list uh, maybe a week or 10 days before the event but mm -hmm. there's so many exciting products uh, not just limited to food Mm -hmm. Yes, and hopefully you can grow as big as people come here to the U.S. and not go to GCC or any other of those those areas. Stay put with me. You're you're watching and listening to Peace Mindedly, a podcast featuring peaceful bridge makers. You know the deal for our show. At the end of every program, we ask our guests to share a meaningful statement, prayer, childhood story, anything that is relates to peace, to kindness and compassion. I'm going to start with Elizabeth and then we go to Marban. So, uh, you know, as an educator, I'm also an adjunct professor at my law school. Um, I'm really, you know, with greater understanding and tolerance comes peace. I'm really honored to be amongst your peaceful bridge makers. And I guess there are a couple of quotes that, that resonate with me. Um, one is by Albert Einstein. And peace cannot be achieved by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. And then another one by Martin Luther King, very, very 
very amazing peacemaker in his lifetime. Um, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And again, hate cannot drive out uh, hate. Only love can do that. So think upon those things and peace be with you. Inshallah, Marban. I don't know if I can outdo Elizabeth, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the whole reason we started this event uh, is to, to bridge between people and communities. Uh, one of the sessions we'll be discussing is, is halal, is it faith or business? And it's a combination between both, because faith uh, brings understanding and peace, tranquility, and we wanted to share this with everybody. Uh, we don't want it just to keep it to ourselves. Knowledge is power. Uh, peace is powerful as well, as a, as a mean and a method to bring people together. And we want to use all these tools in order to uh, make people understand that eating halal food is the best way to come together. Yes, halal food. I am all about halal tourism and and many of the things, the modest fashion, many of the things that is happening within the Muslim community that we can be proud and we are proud of. So thank you so much for the engagement. Really appreciate your contribution to this show. You can find lots of information about Halal Expo, Halal Expo and Summit USA 2021 by going to the website and also uh, as Elizabeth said uh, to just you know be there try to be there and, and to eat the food especially the food thank you so much and uh, thanks for sharing your time with us thank you for having me